Friedrich Nietzsche famously said, that which does not kill us makes us stronger. But we're well past that now. What doesn't kill us has the capacity to change who we are, what we believe in, and how we experience the world. It's not just about building our strength. It's also an invitation to get creative. Welcome to What Doesn't Kill Us with Dr. Marion Piper, a podcast with conversations about creativity, post-traumatic growth, and how we make sense of the tough stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Marion Piper, and I'm on a mission to uncover what it means to truly live a creative life. So if you're feeling uninspired, blocked, or just at your wit's end, you've come to the right place. Hello, hello. Knock, knock. It's me. It's me, Maz. Remember? (laughs) I am delighted to welcome you to yet another episode of What Doesn't Kill Us. This is 2022. Down the barrel, end of February. Here we go. Today, I thought I would just get to the nitty gritty of where I've been over the last month or so, what I've been up to, a few things that have come my way and that I think you might be interested in. But first, I wanted to just reflect a little on the retreat I just got back from, uh, which was held in Dalesford by the incredible Suze Chadwick. There was a group of uh, 13 of us out there and it was dedicated to thought leadership and speaking. And I don't know about you, there's something really special about retreats, the getting this opportunity to step away from your everyday life, to really take the time to invest in yourself, I think is one of the most potent forms of self-care. And the insights just keep coming. (laughs) We had an opportunity to work on our message and I delivered a workshop called Building a Powerful Message and everybody seemed to really enjoy it. I had an absolute ball and really felt like I stepped into my power. But one of the conversations that I had with um, a few of the ladies in the car on the way back from the retreat, shout out to Kesh and Jess, is that we were talking about this idea that we don't live in a zero-sum world. Now, what that means is zero-sum is a concept that basically means that uh, If there are two people or two things in a situation where one loses at the one wins at the expense of the other, then the situation is considered a zero sum game. So we have this art, there's this common idea that, you know, it can only be on or off, black or white, night or day, you know, that there's all these really opposing, seemingly opposing binaries that exist. Uh, between things in the world. And this is how we define our world. It's also one of the tenets of capitalism. (laughs) Uh, I don't know why I giggle there, but uh, I I don't really like talking about that kind of stuff, but it seems relevant here. And so what I wanted to talk to you about today was this idea of why creativity isn't a zero-sum game. And it really all starts with quite possibly the biggest and most 
devastating limiting belief you can possibly have, which is I am not creative. (sighs) So many people just rolled over in their graves right there when I said that line out loud. Uh, I truly believe that everybody is creative and uh, you can fight me on it. I'll I'll 100% uh, take you on. (laughs) Uh, But when I say that creativity isn't a zero-sum game, what I really mean is that you being creative does not get in the way of anybody else being creative. So if I take time to write a book of poetry, which I have done and am doing, that is not at the expense of your creative pursuits, whatever they might be. So What's really interesting when we start to think about creativity, not as a zero sum game, but rather as a bit more of a level playing field, or actually maybe there's no playing field at all. Maybe there's no competition. Maybe there's just expression. Mm -hmm. It opens up the possibilities for what creativity could be. So one of the things that we were talking about in the retreat and we were talking about in the car on the way home was redefining this concept of, of creativity, not in terms of just being the, you know, it's not just about being artistic, which you've heard me blab on about before, but thinking about it more in terms of the personal. So taking the time to really define creativity on your own terms in your life based around how you spend your days. So for example, I would consider myself a creative person. But if I didn't, I would look, and if I didn't look at my life through the lens of creativity, it would look pretty boring. (laughs) You know, but if we can channel this idea of creativity as being um, a few different things, it could possibly be uh, how you connect the dots. So the ways in which you bring things together, it could be how you solve a problem. It could be the way in which you choose to do things. So it could be more around your process or it could be really focused around the bigger picture. So looking at everything that you do as an act of creativity rather than looking at what you do as a product of your creativity. And the reason why I think it's really important that we understand and start to adopt a definition of creativity that is not rooted in a zero-sum game, meaning that if I'm creative, you can't be creative, is because it allows us to create a space for everything in between. So I think what I'm trying to get at here, maybe in a rather scattered on the edges way, is that when we when we open up our definition of creativity, we we give ourselves space to actually create what wants to come through. So one of the activities I give any creative creativity coaching client who has come from a place where they've spent a lot of time building other people's dreams and not building their own is to take some time each day, ideally in the morning, with a pen and paper in hand and set a timer for around 30 minutes. And you can try this at home too. This is perfectly safe. Uh, And then what I ask them to do is to just wait, you know, maybe close, they could close down their eyes for a moment or two, take a deep breath, just sort of settle into the moment and wait for those first two to three words to come through. And they will come through. 
Um, ideally you want to do this in the morning because it's the time when your brain is the freshest, but also if you do it later in the day, you tend to have other people's voices bouncing around in your head and that can get very confusing and it's, it's a lot harder to hear what your beliefs and perspective, beliefs and perspectives are when you are inundated with other people's thoughts and opinions. So just something to think about there. Um, and I think a lot of a lot of the time we associate creativity with the making uh, and, and less with the thinking and the ideating and the experimentation and and the space, you know. And that's something that I'm really passionate about is, is helping people find not just actual space, i.e. environment, but also helping them find space in their minds creating the bandwidth that's required to come up with something uh, that's that you're really passionate about. And I use the words there really carefully, this idea of coming up with meaning that I don't have to, I don't have to force it. I don't have to be the one to, I don't know, build it from the ground up. We can allow it to come through. And some of my most successful creative projects actually, now that I think about it, pretty much all of them have come from a place where I've allowed them to come through because I've been percolating on the ideas. I've been musing on the concepts. I'd been gathering information, resources, and energy. And then at the right moment, and that's this is the part I think that takes a little bit of practice, is knowing when that right moment is to act. And funnily enough, actually, speaking of act, and this is going to be a little bit of a tangent, but bear with me. One of the big realizations I had at the retreat was around my process for getting over myself to get things done. (laughs) So traditionally, the way we think about creativity and ideas more broadly is that we feel this jolt or this spark of inspiration come through then the idea arrives and then we take action but what I'm realizing more and more is that it's actually the opposite way around and Suze talks about this Suze Chadwick legend whoop shout out whoop whoop uh she talks about this a lot um and this idea that you know it's when we take action that we develop the belief in ourselves, or the idea percolates and develops because we're actually we're actually bringing it to life, and then the the feelings follow afterwards. And I know that a lot of other people talk about it in those terms as well, particularly athletes, uh, which I actually love the idea of uh, artists as athletes, which is what um, Father Bronx says on his podcast, "Make Art Not Content." Shout out. Um, anyway, so I realized this that I have a bad, I have this habit, I'm not going to say bad habit, but I have this habit of waiting for the inspiration to arrive. And so I will busy myself with anything but what I should be doing (laughs) in the hopes that when inspiration in, you know, in the Pablo Picasso has a great quote about this, inspiration will come, but it better find you working. And so I will busy myself with so many other things rather than just taking action on the thing that I really want to do. And I know you probably, you might be surprised by that because I seem like a person who takes a lot of action and does a lot of stuff, which is also true, but I'm getting faster at 
recognizing when I'm dipping into the feeling as opposed to taking the action. So uh, that's my little tangent for you, for you. So let's come back to this idea that creativity isn't a zero sum game. (sighs) When I create, when I make something, I hope so much that what it does is it, it shows people and acts as an example of what's possible. I know that there will be people out there that look at what I create and look at what I make and think I can't do that. I totally get it. I, and I've, there's, there's certain things in this world that I look at and go, Ooh, I don't think I could do that, but I am now taking the time to catch myself when I hear those words. I can't, I shouldn't, uh, you know, I take the time to ask myself why (laughs) it's a really simple question. Uh, and, and often yields really interesting answers because when I am creative, and you are creative when it happens around the same time, guess what happens? Guess the result. Go on. We both win. (laughs) There's no zero sum in creativity. Um, There is if you block yourself by saying, I am not creative. This is actually what we talked about on the last episode of What Doesn't Kill Us with the amazing Professor Lexi Lassick that creativity is actually fundamentally a human trait. It is so innate and it's why we often take it for granted. And everything around you from the chair that you're sitting on or from the clothes that you're wearing to the headphones in your ears are a product of somebody's creativity, are a product of multiple people's creativity. And this is another thing as well. I'm just like tangent city today, but just hang on folks, hold on for your life. Uh, What we talked about at the retreat was this idea of co-creation. And I think, I, I, I mean, I know I've had moments where I feel as though I go into, to a situation, whether that's with a copywriting client or a creativity coaching client, where I feel a little bit of responsibility to be the expert. And that was really stopping me from showing up fully and being present to whoever the other person was to what they needed. And so I've started to think more in terms of life as a co-creation. So when I show up to a session with a client, no matter what we're doing, I go into it thinking not so much about what, what do they need from me? Like, and this is, I think this is a big problem for creatives is that we think that we have to give all of our energy and all of our creative skills and inspiration to the other person but it's like I am showing up to this situation you are showing up to this situation we are meeting and then there's an exchange in the middle and what I'm more interested in moving forward is what happens when your creativity and my creativity collide and it doesn't cancel each other out Um, my creativity is not bigger or more valuable than yours where they're just different and there's so many different forms of creativity But this is the creative moment itself is when you have two opposite things or two different things coming together to create something new. So that is the real, I guess, magic of creativity is this is this ability to bring together things that might not go together ordinarily. And I guess this feels like what the entire startup world is kind of built built on this idea of how can we make something better 
How can we disrupt something? How can we combine, blend, mix, splice up two things that on paper seem incredibly opposite, but actually when we bring them together, create something that the world has never seen before. And for me, that when I see that happen, it is such an exciting moment from the really, really small to the really, really large, you know? And so one of the other things about this idea of creativity not being a zero-sum game is that it opens you up to the possibility that actually you're not in competition with anybody else. And so when we start to think, if the word, if that word seeps into your mind a little bit, I'd like to invite you to replace it with the word contribution. How can I contribute to this situation using my creativity? And that might mean I have, I have practical skills. It might mean I have ideas. It might mean I can ask really good questions. All of these are really creative things to do. And there are so many different applications for your creative thinking alone, you know, regardless of how competent you feel in a particular artistic skill. So you might be sitting there thinking, okay, Maz, cool. Creativity, not a zero-sum game. Got it. What does that actually mean to me? Uh, well, what it means is it's it's really an invitation. It's an invitation for you to start thinking about what creativity means to you. For me, creativity is really at, at, its, at its most beneficial, a form of self-care. And when I talk about self-care, I'm meaning about, I'm meaning referring to you becoming an active participant in your own well-being, particularly in times of stress. And the way that creativity can do this is by empowering you to take control over the controllables. And we live in a world that is at the moment defined by uncertainty and what creativity can offer is some certainty within that. And if that's something that you are really interested in learning more about or actually would like to experiment with, we can work together. I can show you some of the things that I do to help, I guess, hold the reins a little tighter when things get a little shaky. But ultimately, it's an invitation for you to start thinking about, okay, and you know, and it's even answering the simple question of what if I was creative? What if I what if I were someone whose entire life from the second I get up in the morning to the second I go to bed at night was a creative journey? What would that look like? What are the components of a creative life? <sighs> I mean, I think about that all the time. Like, how can I make my life more creative? And a lot of it comes down to being more present to the decisions that you make every single day. And I actually, I ran a workshop this week at the anxiety shop, uh, shout out to Ari, um, which is in Melbourne CBD. And I gave the attendees the option to start thinking about their journaling practice in terms of habits and rituals as opposed to structures and routines and you can apply the same logic to your creativity or even to how you spend your day so what I'd like you to think about is starting to cultivate a creative mindset for your day and that really does start with your habits so 
the things that you choose to do on a regular basis and then your rituals, which is how you do your habits um, in meaningful ways. And so for me, my, my daily habits, which are pretty basic at this point, it's go to the gym, drink lots of water, make sure I write uh, poems and then also journal and, and then take regular breaks. So if I, were, if I were to look at those on paper, they'd look pretty average, right? Uh, but if I look at them through the lens of creativity, it then becomes a little bit more fun and a little bit more lighthearted. So my, for, especially for things like the gym and drinking water, I start to then think of other ways that I could do these habits that might make them more meaningful to me because if something means something to you, it's more likely to stick. So for the gym, for example, I go to body fit training in North Melbourne, shout out. Uh, (laughs) I've done a lot of shout outs today. So many cool people in my orbit. Uh, I always make a point of bringing the high vibe and uh, people to the point where I've had people tell me, that when I'm not there, they feel responsible um, to carry that on. Um, and it's definitely something that um, I look I look to do in any situation that I am. Is there is there a way that I could add something to this experience that's gonna that's going to be memorable and stick in the minds of people? And when we we're at the retreat, um, I had this habit of clapping after basically after anyone said anything profound, but then it started to get a bit ridiculous. So I would clap when people did something very innocuous, like drink water, uh, finish a sentence. <laughs> and then it became a thing. It became a thing that we did. And that is a cre- that is part of my creative mindset. It's like, how can I make this situation more enjoyable, more meaningful, more fun? Because at the end of the day, like this is this moment, this, you know, and this is very much pulled down from, um, you know, meditation and mindfulness is that we really only have this moment in front of us. And I refuse, flat out refuse now to go into default mode. I don't want to fall back asleep. So if you're in a situation that feels like a zero sum game where you feel like, you are on the losing end of this, of, of, of the deal, whatever it is. I want to remind you that it's not, that there is always choice and you can always choose a different path. You can choose to be creative. I think I might stop it there. That feels like a really nice natural end to this episode. Thank you for your patience as I meandered my way through that topic It's been a really big couple of weeks and I am digesting so much uh, and I'm sure that I will continue to do so as things inevitably percolate in my brain and new connections are formed and new neural pathways decide to spring up uh, to remind me of things. So thank you again for supporting me, for listening to this humble podcast. If you've enjoyed it uh, and want to continue to support it, the easiest way that you can do that is drop a five-star rating if you're on the podcast if you're listening via Spotify or you can leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to work with me, you can head over to my website, which is marionpipercreative.com. I've got a few new workshops and one-on-one offerings there for you. Uh, and I'd love to jam out with you on your creativity and just make life more fun more in flow and more meaningful. So until next time I land in your ears, take care.